Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice in the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And I am sick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel awful, but we're here today anyway, so we can bring you people that which you deserve. Our voices. I mean, I don't know if we're doing anybody a favor by doing that, but I'll pretend like it is. We are we are great, just people, Corbin. It's true. So, this episode will be releasing on Monday, September 30th. Uh, for all of the Goyim who listen to this show, that is Rosh Hashanah. That is the second most important holiday on the Jewish calendar. It is Jewish New Year. Um, and so I figured, in honor of my fellow Jews, we could talk about the best Jews who ever played the game of baseball. What about the worst Jews who ever played baseball? I don't know where I even find those, but if they played baseball, they were great Jews. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this, Corbin. Can you name me some, some Jewish ball players you have in your head off the rip? Uh, I don't think I could think of a single Jewish baseball player. What if I said the name Sandy Koufax? Sandy Koufax? Yeah. yeah. I, knew, I knew he was back there somewhere. I just couldn't find his way out in time. Outside of the Sandy Koufax, I have no one. All right, well, let's run through it a little bit, because there's quite a few uh, guys that I think you would know the names of, just not be aware that they were Jewish. <coughs> is Joey um, Votto Jewish? Joey Votto is not Jewish. He's Canadian. <laughs> uh, so, have you ever heard of a man by the name of Brad Osmus? Uh, I've heard the name, but I'm unfamiliar with his total work. Brad Osmus is currently uh, a manager. Uh, is he still working? I think he's still working. Let's see. Currently, um, yeah, he's still he's still the, yes, the manager for the uh, uh, the Angels. Uh, he was also a catcher, and uh, one of the because there's just so few of them, one of the great Jewish catchers. <laughs> because uh, there's like five. Dude, do you make like a full starting lineup with Jewish players? I do have a full starting lineup of Jewish players. Uh, yes, you've done me proud. So a few other Jewish catchers just uh, off the top. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to know these guys in particular. Ever heard of Mo Berg? No. Uh, what about Harry Danning? No. Uh, Harry Danning played for the New York Giants. Um, he finished uh, top 10 MVP voting twice. He hit over 300 three different times uh i think by all accounts a pretty pretty good uh, uh baseball player anyway so first base is one of the most exciting ones for me because it's a very proud proud jewish man have you ever heard the name hank greenberg hank greenberg no but i have a strong feeling he might be jewish yeah he was one of like the first jewish superstars of baseball so I have his baseball reference page open because one of the most interesting things is <coughs> I apologize. Uh, in 1935, Hank Greenberg, be before the All-Star game, okay, he hit, um, let's see, 25 home runs, 22 doubles, 8 triples, uh, 2 stolen bases, 39 walks, a 317 batting average, 101 RBIs. Uh, good for a one uh, 1.062 OPS and a OPS plus of 180. And did not make yeah, the all-star game. 
That's pretty good. Did you hear the second part? I uh, did not. He did not make the All-Star game. That's not very good. That's the opposite of good, actually. Because of rampant anti-Semitism. Because um, should we be shocked that uh, any American tradition has uh, some type of history of anti-Semitism, racism, what have you? Uh, but he continued his amazing year. Uh, he ended up hitting <clears throat> 36 home runs, which led uh, the the league, led the American League. He hit 168 RBIs by the end of the season, which led all of baseball. And he uh, amassed 389 total bases, which is also the most in all of baseball, and ended up winning the MVP that year, which is so strange. Could you imagine someone today winning the MVP and not being an all-star? Um. That'd be pretty hard. That'd have to be one major, you know, second half surge. Yeah, seriously, it'd be fucking nuts. So he ended up uh, being an MVP that year. He became another MVP in 1940. Um, He had uh, several top five finishes. Uh, One year he hit 184 RBIs, which feels like just so fucking much. I mean... I know RBIs isn't really a great stat for determining how good someone is, but still to hit that many of it's just fucking bizarre, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he also lost uh, service um, time due to military service, so from 1942 to 1944, he was off serving his country. What do you think uh, he's doing? Hank Greenberg, 57.6 career war, a career OPS plus of 158, uh, and a two-time World Series winner, two-time MVP, five-time All-Star, and a member of the Hall of Fame. Not a bad baseball player. No, sir. No, sir. That's Hank Greenberg, king of cool. Um, Is he the king of queens, though? No, sir. Mm. So if I asked you to pick out... uh, All right, this guy still plays baseball, okay? And he played last year for the Angels and the Red Sox, and this year plays for the Pirate, uh, uh, Padres. Who is this Jewish baseball player? Ian Kinsler? Ian Kinsler. Yeah. Yeah, Ian Kinsler, apparently there's not like a, a, a huge number of uh, Jewish second basemen. Um, so Ian Kinsler kind of actually like tops it. And we've talked about how surprisingly uh, studded Ian Kinsler's career is before on the podcast because yeah. I think it's a pretty easy dude to forget how great he was or is, I guess, or at least mm, how much was. he's accumulated over the years. Uh, so let's move on over to shortstop. And again, there's not a whole lot of Jewish shorts, shortstops I could find. Um, so I found one by the name of Lou Boudreau. Um, he played for the Indians and the Red Sox, uh, which sucks, but whatever. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame. He won an MVP, eight-time All-Star, 1948 World Series. He has a batting title and a Major League Player of the Year award, which I think might have been the pre-MVP MVP. Um, yeah, 15-year career, almost all of it with Cleveland, and then the last two years with Boston. And then the other Jewish shortstop slash third baseman currently active going to the postseason, Corwin, who's that Jewish ball player? Oh, man, I don't know. American League. Austin Bregman? Alex Bregman. What'd I say? 
Uh, you said that Austin sound the same. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Alex Bregman. Uh, a great, a great Jew. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> Could uh, be MVP this year. Uh, and if he wins, I will not be upset because uh, go Jews. You know. All right. Um, third baseman. Have you ever heard of Al Rosen? Uh, is he father of Josh Rosen? No, but how great would that be? That would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, how easy is it to tell that Al Rosen is Jewish? Uh, not very at all. Really? Al yeah, Rosen. I feel, I feel like that's pretty straightforward. Oh no, that's a that's a super Jewish name. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was trying to say at least. Oh, I, I got I you. I got you. Question. Yeah, uh, he was a third baseman. Uh, he spent his time with the Indians for the most part. Um. He's like one of the only dudes I could find at third base that's not named Alex Bregman, and I already said Alex Bregman. So, uh, also Kevin Euclid, uh famous to famous to play with the Boston Red Sox, but also played with the New York Yankees. Fellow Jew. Let's go to the outfield. Uh, all right, active player going to the postseason, National League. Who is this Jewish outfielder? Uh, Nick Markakis. No, he's Greek. Hmm. That would make sense. Plays for the Brewers. Ooh, Brewers. Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun. I'm yeah, so I feel like these Jews, man. Yeah, I, we're everywhere, man. You can't escape us. Uh, well, um, I wouldn't go that far. Ryan Braun is a somewhat controversial figure in today's baseball because he kind of was a dick to a dude. Um, that were, did nothing wrong during a um, PED inquiry that he had, uh, which is unfortunate because I still like Ryan Braun, but I understand why no one likes Ryan Braun. But the only reason I still like him is because he's Jewish. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of Sean Green? Uh, I want to say yes, but I'm probably just thinking of Shane Green. So. I'm 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 not yeah I'm not surprised I honestly didn't know who this was either so don't cool. feel bad I don't uh, yeah Sean Green played for the Toronto Blue Jays the Los Angeles Dodgers the Arizona Diamondbacks and the New York Mets he played for 15 years uh, not a whole lot going on on this page two time All Star Silver Slugger a Golden Glove uh, 34 WAR not in the Hall of Fame but <clears throat> he was a pretty consistent home run hitter. Uh, he has 328 in his career, and there was a, a, a nice little stretch there where he hit 40 home runs uh, each year in like three out of four years. That in like his peak, uh, he led the league in doubles, um, and he also uh, sat out in Yom Kippur uh, for several instances when he was in the postseason. Damn dedication right there, sitting out postseason games just to uh, you know support religious beliefs. Yeah, yeah, which is a, a very Sandy Koufax move, as you might recall. Um, another outfielder, uh, Kevin Pillar, who was of the Toronto Blue Jays, now of the San Francisco Giants. I know that fellow. Yep, uh, nicknamed Superman because of his uh, fantastic defensive work. Um, trying to see if there's any other names I think you might recognize. Uh, Jason Kipnis of the uh, Cleveland Indians. The postseason not bound Cleveland Indians, which is disappointing, but it's true. 
Uh, Gabe Kapler. Hey, Mr. Pitcher Manager. Um, I, I will never forgive Gabe Kapler for mishandling Aaron Nola for like four games his first season as a manager. I know he doesn't deserve that, but I, I don't care. I think that's fine. Uh, the last person I'm going to mention is a man by the name of Ron Blomberg. Um, I'm sorry, but that is just such a stereotypical Jewish name. That's Now, Ron Blomberg <laughs> is actually an interesting piece of baseball history for one main reason. Uh, okay. In 19, I want to say 73, it might have been a different year other than that one, but whatever. Ron Blomberg became the very first designated hitter. Hey, that's pretty cool. The Yankees were the first team to what use the it? DH when it became legal, and Ron Blomberg was the guy that they chose to be the DH. What year was it? Like I said, I think it was 73, but I could be wrong. And, uh, you know, somewhere around there. Ron Blomberg. Do you think I could draft him in fantasy next year? And, uh, yeah, that's that's the list I put together for you. So shout out to my fellow Jews as we enter the high holy days. Uh Chag Sameach with the with the whole uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah business, and uh, that's all I got, Corwin. Yeah, for us uh, non-Jewish people, tomorrow's Sunday, so that's pretty much all I got for you. Well, this episode comes out Monday, which is when Rosh Hashanah is. Oh, I'm so fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, do you think Garfield's Jewish? Because I feel like he couldn't hate that Monday if he was. No, Garfield has to be Italian because he just loves lasagna. Jewish people are allowed to be, like, Italian people are allowed to be Jewish. They aren't, though. <laughs> I don't think you can hold that true. I mean, if you want to get into, like, the dark, creepy history of, like, the, you know, Romans and what they did to, like, the Jews and the area that they conquered, uh, it's pretty fucked up. And. <laughs> Would Shit. definitely suggest Everyone that Italians, who are the offspring of the Roman Empire, should are not Jewish. But yeah, but like nobody since you know the heights of the Holy Roman Empire was able to emigrate to Italy as a Jewish person. No, I mean there are there are Sephardi Jews that come from Italy, but like there aren't. There's like five. Sephardi Jews, Sephardic. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got Ashkenazi Jews, you got Sephardic Jews, and you've got. Uh, Mizrahi Jews. What are what are the differences? Uh, so I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. My family comes from Eastern Europe. My grandparents immigrated from Russia. Um, Sephardic Jews come from like Italy, Spain, Portugal, like that area, uh, Greece, and then um, Mizrahi Jews come from the Middle East. Okay, so Middle East, Eastern European, and Mediterranean. Yeah, it's basically for the yeah. layman. Yep. That's pretty cool. Any other uh, fun Jewish facts that you might Jew want to share that you might that you might not have an opportunity to share any other time of the year? Uh, with our listening audience, um, I don't. Uh, so today it's going to be Jewish New Year's, Corwin. What year do you think it's going to be? Oh, it's got to be pretty high. Um, twenty four eighty two. Uh, fifty seven eighty. Damn. Yeah, you guys had to catch up. Are the years shorter than like the Roman calendar, or is it just going that far back in history? 
Uh, so what's interesting is it's actually both. Um, oh, okay. Our year is shorter, but we have leap years as well. Uh, instead of having uh, a leap day every fourth year, there's a whole 13th month added to the calendar. Um, but also, like, I think when, like, the Christians got together and was like, all right, guys, we need to have, an, like, year one. The Jews were like, oh, we got we got a year one way before yours, super far back. Like, you all can't even believe it. Um, and then they just tacked on um, 5,560 years to it. They're like, <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look how look how far back we go. Y'all can't even believe it. I don't even know. Oh, man. So another question that I'm just coming up with these, you know, off the top of my head because I'm stupid. Um, if Jews were to take over a singular sport that you think they would like modern sports that we have if you had to have one what would it be baseball oh for sure baseball yeah yeah maybe like uh guilt tripping um whining uh, i'm great at pastrami oh oh the cured meat game oh fuck yeah god Always fourth and three with a nice ribeye on the grill let's see what they can make with out of this <laughs> And they you know, put it in the basement for two weeks, and it's come up salty and soft yeah. and delicious. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. All right, Corwin, what do you got? Oh, man. Uh, big news of the week, I guess, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Don't know what the fuck is going on with him and his life. Um, originally requested a trade. Then the Jags were like, nah, we're not going to trade him. And then it came out that, oh, he's got the flu and hasn't been practicing. Oh, and he's got a back injury and he's not practicing. Oh, and his wife is giving birth to a second kid, so he's flying out to Nashville and he's not practicing. Oh, but he's going to fly out, meet us in Denver, I believe. I believe they're playing in Denver this week. Um, and then today it's like, oh, no, Jalen Ramsey made the team uh, flight and flew out with the team to Denver. Um. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist yet. All I'm saying is that all of this stuff added together is just a whole who knows what the fuck is actually going on type situation because I have no idea. Um, I do know that after watching the Packers Eagles on, excuse me, on Thursday night, uh, Howie Roseman really needs to give, uh, Con a call down in Duval and figure out a deal for Jalen Ramsey because that that cornerback group is abysmal, which sucks because I really liked a lot of those guys coming out of college. Yeah, where do you think makes the most logistical sense for Jalen Ramsey at this point? Um, the Eagles have to be up there. Uh, I just got to pull up a list of teams just so I could visually look at this. Um, Obviously, the Jets cornerback situation fucking sucks, but we're also so bad that I'm just not sure it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, like you'd have to trade probably a first and a lot or two firsts to get Ramsey from the Jags and in their position. I don't think that's a great idea for the Jets. I saw um, someone on Twitter say that we should trade uh, Tremaine Johnson in the second round pick, and that was the funniest shit I've seen on all week. Can we have like educational classes for NFL fans so that we could teach them what's just the basics of player value? Because I hate seeing these trades on Twitter all the time. Because yeah, it's, it's not good. Man, I don't know. There's not a lot of teams that I think would be willing 
to give up so much for a guy like Jalen Ramsey because there's not a lot of teams who are contending in super dire need of a singular shutdown cornerback, even if it may be the best cornerback in the NFL, and can pay for it, you know? Um, the Colts maybe, uh, but I doubt that um, that front office would want to trade what they would be paying, especially inside the division. Um, the Chargers might want to, but they're so hurt that who knows what they want to do. I don't know. Like It's so hard to predict this kind of thing. The Steelers would have been a good choice before they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, but I don't know. Yeah. I can see the Patriots doing it just because, you know, fuck the rest of us. I couldn't, I couldn't, but at this point, I'm not surprised by anything that they do. I mean, if I'm being honest, their record with first-round picks and draft picks in general are extremely hit or miss. Um, They've always seemed like a team that could find crazy value late in drafts, but are spotty earlier on. Uh, So I could definitely see Bill trading a couple of those first-round picks uh, this year and next year to really uh, figure out or really settle down that defense, even as good as they are this year. Let's see what they – let's just – let's see what would happen. What's their cap space right now? Never mind. They have $300,000 in cap space. This will never happen. This will never happen. Sorry to get your hopes up, you know, poor little New England fans. You're not getting the best quarterback. Yeah, they have so little to root for these days. Yeah, it sucks for them. Um, you have any big news in the NFL that you want to talk about? I'm not sure if, you know, the big name stuff that's been around. I'm not sure there really is anything at this point. Nothing I can think of yeah. at the top of my head anyway. So it's been a pretty mundane week in the NFL. Yeah, let's go to Roto World and see what they have to say, what the top stories are. Headlines. <clears throat> Steelers are continuing, just follow up from last episode, traded for Nick Vanette with a fifth round pick. Um, so it's basically we traded Josh Dobbs for Nick Vanette, which is a, a real toss up of who fucking cares. Um, but we'll see. I actually kind of like the ceiling he's at. I've liked him coming out of Ohio State uh, probably like four years ago now. Um, we'll see what happens there. Melvin Gordon's back. I totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah. We should talk about Melvin Gordon. How did we forget about this? Uh, Yeah, what what do you think about the whole thing? Um, I don't know exactly how much usage he's going to get this week, especially since they're playing the Dolphins and most definitely don't need him. Um, So I think he's probably going to get – he might get like two, three, four series uh, if they play him, which they said they will just to kind of break some of the rust off, see how he's doing, get him back up to speed against, you know, a, a low-level college team like the Miami Dolphins. Um, I don't know. I think this is going to be pretty big for the Chargers. They've so many injuries yet again that they kind of need a little spark on their offense to keep pushing them. Um, Mike Williams, their number two wide receiver, is going to be out, so this could be nice. Austin Eckler, uh, who's pretty much taken over for Gordon since he's been out, has looked phenomenal. Um, 
in his time there as the uh, replacement starter. So I still see him getting a good amount of touches even when Gordon comes back full-time. Do we have contract terms for uh, Gordon yet? I don't believe so. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a holdout, so he was just looking for uh, an extension, not exactly a new contract. Uh, let's see if I could find Melvin Gordon's contract on Spot Track. Which we always like to use, if I can spell your resource. It is. So his contract expires after this year. He's got a base salary of four point six million. Um yeah, it doesn't have a signing bonus, doesn't have a cap hit uh outside of that. Yeah, so basically it doesn't look like he's getting his extension or he hasn't signed it yet. There hasn't been any real news on that. Um We'll see. I don't expect him to have a major contract uh, the way you he was expecting uh, and what we've seen from guys like Elliot and Gurley in the past couple of years. So I think at the end of this, I don't know. I probably would think he's probably in like the three to five range as far as total um, total contract numbers. Okay. So that would put him in in like the uh probably the So this is what's weird. So Elliot Gurley, Bell and David Johnson all have averages per years ranging from 13 to 15 million. Then below him you've got like Devonta Freeman, Saquon Barkley, Jarek McKinnon making seven and a half to eight and a half. I think he's going to be splitting those two tiers. I think it's going to be around 10-11. Uh, I don't think it's going to hit 13, and I definitely don't think it's going to be as low as like eight and a half. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, not really. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to say until everything is on the table, I guess. But That's true. Good for the Chargers. Yeah. Good for, uh, good on them for getting him back. So, uh, I guess we could talk about Cam Newton as well. He's got, some oh, yeah. issues with that. Um, so he has a lynch frack injury that he himself called mild. Uh, I don't exactly know what a mild lynch frack injury would be. Um, but he says he's out four to eight weeks still. And you know what? I don't, I don't know if he comes back this year. Uh, he said yesterday that he needs some time off from football. Is eight weeks going to be enough, two months enough to really get your head straight after being as beat up as he was? Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think he's always been something of a against-the-grain type of dude. He's always been a little bit rebellious. That's why he wears those outlandish outfits that he wears. It's not hmm. just for him to be like look how quirky I am. It's because I think someone at the outset told him to dress uh, more normally or something like that and he didn't like that he's always been kind of rebellious like that and uh, I think he's had a lot to rebel against um, certainly from analysts and from fans who uh, I think can undervalue him pretty pretty readily uh, and he's like you said been beating the fuck up so it's tough to tell where his head's going to be at with that um, maybe the success of the team in his absence will be a factor maybe 
he'll refine the passion and drive for the game that he had seemingly last year. But mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, hopefully, whatever it is, it's on his own terms. So there's this thread that I saw on Twitter yesterday that I really want to talk about because it's something I've never really thought of as being a major factor. Um, but it was by a guy named Scott Barrett. He's a senior fantasy football analyst for PFF. Um, I know it's fantasy football and people would be like, oh, he's not a real football analyst. He does tremendous work with some analytics. Um, and he started this thread called NFL athletes who went vegan, a thread. So Cam Newton adopted a full vegan diet this off season. I, I believe it was this off season, not earlier. Um, and basically, the thread goes into big name players who switch to a completely vegan diet, so no meat, no you know proteins that you would get from that. Um, and basically, guys like Arian Foster, Aaron Rodgers, Colin Kaepernick, Demarius Thomas, uh, David Johnson, Tony Gonzalez, Gerald McCoy, all of them adopted this fully vegan diet, and then either immediately after or very shortly after either had major production drops or major injury history following this. Cam Newton has had both. Um, And basically what all of these uh, players have said, or at least most of them, uh, specifically David Johnson, Tony Gonzalez, Gerald McCoy, all of them said switching to completely veganism was a major uh, issue just because of the lack of protein in their diet um, and just the pure muscle and mass loss. They said that, you know, 100-pound barbells, uh, this is Tony Gonzalez, 100-pound barbells he used to easily throw around, felt like lead weights. Their solution was adding um, two or three meals a week, that's it, of fish, chicken, lean, non-fatty proteins. And they were able to get back up to playing strength and get back to um, at least, you know, a good portion of that, get a good portion of that production back. So I don't know specifically what Cam Newton has been eating this week or since he's been hurt or this off season. Nobody knows that except for him and his people. But if he is on this completely vegan diet, maybe it's worth looking into uh, switching it up a little bit, trying to get some of that strength and durability back. Yes, I, I know CC actually does that too. He uh CC will go vegan during the off season just to like watch out for his health and everything because during the season he he tries to I don't want to say eat like shit, but he 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 tries to pack on a lot of calories. He feels better when he pitches a little bit heavier, like all that. But in the off season he'll eat vegan and then when the season starts he'll change. So I do know that a lot of players I do know of players who do take those extreme ends of the diet into consideration when it's time for the season to start up. Yeah. It's, um, it sucks seeing him be out of football because he's a force when he's on the field and he's healthy. You know, there's not many players like him. No, he's great to watch when he's healthy. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to talk about today? Um, Tell me about some college football stuff, and then we can wrap it up. Let's see. I'm uh, trying to stay a little bit more in the loop on these things this year. 
Man, so I feel like the next episode we do is going to be all college football. I've got a unbiased top 25 ranking that I've been working on. Um, excited to tinker around with a little bit. I don't know. There's So far today, there's been a handful of games. No real surprises. Pitt almost lost to Delaware, which was truly hilarious um, and tickled me pink. Uh, Alabama's up big, you know, the same old, same old. There's nothing crazy going on so far this week. It's the status quo. Um, it's going to be hard to get into it until, you know, after all the games play and whatnot. So we'll get more into it on Thursday's episode. Cool. Um, because, yeah, it sucks not being able to uh, talk about it, you know, for our Monday episode because all the games usually are Friday, Saturday, but... You know, the way this week works out, we'll just have to wait a little bit. All right, man. That works out for me. If there was if there was one game for me to or one team for me to really be invested in this season, I don't know, a team doing something weird, doing doing a lot better or a lot worse than they were expected to. Um, Who's been that team so far? If you're a fan of offense, go take a look at what LSU has been doing. Uh, they have been just tremendous this year. Joe Burrow, uh, transfer from Ohio State two years ago, uh, is Heisman front runner right now. And if you're a defensive fan, go look at Wisconsin. Um, I think they've allowed one touchdown all season. Um, they played Northwestern earlier and just fucking shellacked them, as you might expect. Um, let's see if I can find the score real quick while we're still recording. Uh, Wisconsin beat Northwestern 24 to 15. So not a blowout like you might expect, but still a great defensive game for them. All in all, Wisconsin, LSU, both are going to be in consideration for the playoff at the end of the season. All right. Uh, actually, let's take one hot second to talk about, uh, the MLB postseason as it's about to start. Uh, nothing no. crazy. I'm sure we'll do more in-depth stuff with it later. Uh, let's start looking at real quick the w- final teams that ended up clinching the wild card because that was something we had talked about a lot last time I we went over MLB standings. Um, so in the National League, the wild card teams ended up being the Washington Nationals, which I think you and I had said is pretty much a lock. And then I think we had agreed that the Cubs seemed to be like right there. They were going to do it. And then they collapsed. Meanwhile, Milwaukee shot way up and ended up clinching the second wild card game. Um, second it. wild card spot. I think I called it. I don't remember actually. Yeah, I'd have to listen back. Uh, so and as I'm of right, gonna... as of right now, who do you think would take that wild card game, Milwaukee versus Washington in Washington? Um, I would say Washington just because of pitching. pure pitching. Yeah. yeah, I mean Max Scherzer against I don't know Brandon Woodruff. Actually, he might be hurt. I don't know who the fuck would pitch for Milwaukee. Zach Davies? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I can't I imagine it. So. Probably right. Yeah. I mean, Washington, you have a guy like Max Scherzer. If he's not good to go, okay, you got Patrick Corbin. If he's not good to go, okay, you got Steven Strasburg. You got three aces right there that you could rely on for that wild card game. It's just give me Washington all the way. I am in agreement and then in the American League Oakland and Tampa they're currently dead tied right now so I wouldn't be able to say where what the game would be taking place Uh, so ignoring home field for a second how do you like this matchup 
I'm honestly going to go Washington. I just Washington. Yeah. Or sorry. Um, Oakland and Tampa. Oakland. Yeah. I don't know why I said Washington. Um, but yeah, I would pick Oakland. Uh, I, for some reason, I just, I like this team a lot. I love Matt Chapman, as you all know, I have a feeling it would be Sean Manaya pitching for them. Uh, I know he just pitched, uh, either yesterday or two days ago, but he would be their wild card pitcher. Give me, give me Oakland. Fuck it. Even though I think the Rays in all are probably a better team. Yeah, this one I really don't know what to make of because I think both teams have employed relatively similar pitching strategies recently, like two or three good to decent starters with the rest of it being kind of bullpen stuff, bullpen manipulation, uh, and then a lineup consistent of lesser known but consistent bats. Like It really feels like the same team going up against itself. So I, also, I would like it to be Oakland. I just I like Oakland more. As mm-hmm. a franchise, their colors. I agree. Are um, they have great colors. Yeah, they really do. So I, I, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna pick Oakland. So we're just gonna sit here and jerk each other off for a while. But uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, new. this feels like the same, same old thing. All right. Any final thoughts? Uh, North Carolina's beating Clemson, and Virginia's beating Notre Dame. So we may have a lot to talk about when our next episode comes out on Thursday. All right, man. Sounds good to me. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Pod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at juicethenumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find the show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at juicethenumbers.wixsite.com slash website or juicethenumbers.com. And uh, until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.